Hey yo, we was having a ball, and you know they asked me to get on the mic, and they asked me, can I kick it? Words. Can I kick it? Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the show. My name's Chris. No one's fired me yet. We're still here five years in or five sh- five seasons in. I always get confused about years and time frames and so on and so forth. I know this is my fifth season and no one's fired me. So we're <laughs> still here. <laughs> we're still here. I haven't been censored yet. I'm doing it. I'm censoring you. You're censoring me. That's it. I'm doing it. We stand with Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and today I, well, let's back up before I actually introduce the guests that I have for you today. This show has been being planned for, oh, I don't know, about two months, maybe three months or so. Like I said, I get a little hazy on time frames, but I think it's in that 60 to 90 day period. And I happened to meet someone at a dinner last year in person. And I was really upset that I didn't get to spend more time with her one-on-one and speak to her directly at the dinner of approximately 12 people or 15 people, whatever it was. So I reached out to her afterwards, considering she organized the dinner and the event. And I said, I really want to speak to you more in depth of who you are, what you do. Um, I think we're aligned. Uh, Also, I see you have a podcast. I also have a podcast. Why don't we swap shows, talk to each other's audiences and explain who we are. So what has happened is we are here today in Allison Lager of 30 years of entrepreneurial journey has joined us on the show today to tell us many things. Keep in mind, she's been in business twice as long as I have. So I'm at that decade and a half mark. She's at three decades of entrepreneurship. So the wealth of experience, uh, fundamentally, and knowledge of running her counseling services on Long Island, which I call Strong Island. And let me just say, before I turn it over to her, is she is one of the few reasons I will leave Connecticut to go to Long Island. and drive on the fucking expressway it is like death for car guys like me who want to go fast and not hit potholes that look like bulldozers put into the freaking interstate allison thank you so much for being here actually mostly thank you for being my friends and thank you for connecting with me fundamentally i think that's what's most important and building relationships is, is more important than anything else in life and in business. And, um, thank you for uh, coming on the CW clinic. Did I introduce you correctly? You did. And it doesn't matter. You introduced me as your friend and that's what matters. Right. And we're on the same, very similar mission, same path. I believe that both of us really, really, really want to change the world. I mean, my mission is Mission Awake. I want to share with as many people as I can how to create a life that they dream of because I know we can. We have a power inside of us that is so fundamental to who we are and really just like um, on the Wizard of Oz, uh, Dorothy with her little um, red shoes. I want those shoes that basically, you know, you've had it within you all along. Those are Louboutins. (laughs) <laughs> they are right. So that's what we'll do. We'll I didn't mean to them. interrupt you. I'm we'll sorry. get them. No, no. do that. Because no, okay. with, I mean, that's a good way to interrupt. So yeah. anyhow, so basically, yeah, so I'm going to do that. Yeah. But anyhow, so back to, you know, I think what I really just want to get across, and this is what I feel like God or source or the universe has kind of infused in me lately. 
and what it actually over the last couple of years is that I have all this education, you know, eight years of um, academia and like studying every single book, all different courses, just blah, 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 right? All of this knowledge, which to me is not, I'm not saying it to brag. What I'm saying is, is that as a therapist, because I was a therapist um, in a private practice to begin with, um, and it just kept growing my business. And then I just started hiring people. But back to what I was saying, my the main mission that I'm on is that um, I feel like God has shown me that it was time for me to reveal my true education. And my true education has been the pain and the despair and different experiences throughout my life that I have through um, mistakes and, and uh, struggling and, and climbing my way out of those things, that is the way in which it's like refining fire, you know, that creates this gold, right? So I feel like it just kept throughout my life since I'm young, I was neglected, I was sexually abused, I had an eating disorder, I was hospitalized, you know, I also, these are a lot of things you don't know. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I hate to be like boohoo, you know, like victim me, because that's not what I'm doing right now. I don't see, I don't see yeah. that right now at all. Yeah, it's my strength, and I, and basically, the book that I just wrote is, um, was the introduction to this part of me that I never share, because most people know, like as a therapist, we're supposed to be fully present for the other person, and really all people would really know, and I'm very um, uh, authentic, but all people would really know in this selfless way I was being was to, um, was my education and this insight and how I was able to like massively help them and change their lives, but no one has ever known how I learned that. And, um, you know, there's, I have these stories, you know, I just, I had terrible boyfriends, just like I was in a murder trial. It almost sounds like I'm making it up. No, seriously, I'm not even kidding. I was a major key witness in a murder trial. I have to laugh because it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it was funny at this point, right? It's funny now. That's what yeah. I tell my kids. I'm like, you're going to laugh about this. I promise. Later. It's just now. So it's part of your story. But anyhow, so the and throughout my and then in it culminated and all this time I'm going to college and I'm, I'm getting a 4 and I'm, you know, I believe in God and I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm like this people pleaser chick, you know, who, who basically, you know, just to back up when you're young and you're neglected, you know, there's no one in charge. So the value of that, of no one being in charge, it taught me how to be in charge you know, and through like learning through error, like, oh, how to be resilient, how to create, how to create good relationships, you know, and, and so I've taken things that were distorted in me, because I think that's what happens. We have, I always tell people like, let's say they're super codependent, and they're people pleasing, and they can't say no, and all this stuff. That right there is just the other side of the coin, the distortion in you know your compassion and your your love for people you just don't know how you're just doing it in a distorted way right allocating so. it in tech and maybe a, a not ideal way is a good way of saying it yeah it's kind of like just you know it it being in survival instead of being in your greatness so i'm i am going to get into the entrepreneurial part of it because that's really important i think only to the degree that we uh, personally develop or grow or struggle through things is to the degree that we can grow. Our business, our, our relationships, every area of our life. And um, it's the same thing with my business throughout the years of my business, the times of despair, like, oh my God, how did I do that? Oh my God, you know, this is such a, these mistakes, hiring the wrong people, do, just doing so many things. But every single time a system is born. You know, and like, if you have that mindset that you're going to take, my brother said, my brother says, you know, Allison, you take chicken shit and you turn it into chicken salad. And I'm like, <laughs> that's it. Like, so to me, um, you know, one of the things that I revealed in my book was that um, when I was in my like early twenties, I had a fiance who committed suicide and I found him dead. So 
Now I'm saying this in a very light manner, but you know, so that was such a huge, like unbelievable struggle for me as a human being. And I wrote this in the book. I went away to, um, to finish the edit on this book, right? Because I had my last edit. I think I might have told you this. Oh, you told me this. Am I going too far? No. Am I talking too much? No, I think I was going to bring this up at one point or another anyway. So you, you were? Yeah. Okay. You were, were you at a convention? No, I went away by, <laughs> by myself. Mm. I left my husband, my kids, my, my businesses, everything. And I went to Mohawk Mountain House, which is so beautiful. And I was so, and I, and I was there, I worked from five in the morning till 10 at night every day. And I was in, on this high and I was laying on this massage table. And I really felt like this, you know, in your book, you talk about, um, you know, signs or the things showing up. And that happens throughout my whole life. You know, when you're neglected, God shows up yeah. I'm telling you, you just got to see him. So basically, so you got to be open and, to it. A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. I don't, I always believed in God since I'm little. Yeah. Very weird. But anyhow, so, um, I would walk to church when I was seven years old by myself. What do you think of that? But anyhow, I think that's dedication. (laughs) It was, but I see I'm going off. So basically what happened was I, I just felt this presence. Like, I don't know what exactly it was, but the message was clear. And it was that I've hidden my talent for too long. And that it is no longer fair to not share with others your true education and for people to know the real way out of really dark places. So I knew then that I had to add all these stories into my book, which I did. And um, then when I finished writing, I'll, you know, be quick, at the very end of doing all this, it was all lost. The computer crashed and that was it. Right. Unbelievable. Right. So I'm like, so then I'm like victim, the not victim, like, oh, why does this happen to me? So the, I'll tell you, this is the important part is that I, I have learned and what the book is about is that we are automated, right? So we're automated to be, um, to live the life that's been handed to us, you know, through all antiquated systems, through our parents, whatever their dysfunction or whatever. And we end up following an automated path. So the book was about that. And what I discovered was that I had always had a belief system that you could get right up to the edge of success right there. Right. But you are just not like other girls who get the dream thing, you know, like the, whatever, you know, like this, ultimate success. So you could get right there, you work your butt off, but then you're not going to get it. And I know a lot of people have core beliefs that they're not good enough, that they can't, you know, all the caps that we put on, yeah, limiting you know, where, belief. how far we go. Hmm? A limiting belief. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. So basically that was my limiting belief. Now, what, what had happened was then I, I came home and then, uh, I couldn't get back on the horse. And then my husband committed suicide. So, right. Now, listen, so I, I don't, I tell this story a little bit with a smile on my face. So I don't cry just so you know. So it's, it's, I'm not smiling about it, but my point I understand. is, yeah. So it's trying to let, so I don't, I rarely talk about it because it's, it's hard to talk about, but, oh shoot, I can't cry. So anyhow, I won't, but anyhow, so whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. So the point of it is this, is that it's this return repeatedly to this, this core belief, you're this kind of, you can get that far, you know, but you're not going to, you're not going to succeed completely. Right. What like other people do. So what I am really here to tell people is that you have a whole host of stories and beliefs inside of you that if they're not rewritten, they're repeated. And it's just the way it is. And um, so for me, the way that the way to success really for me, and I, and I'm not saying this, so I don't want everybody to think that their life has to have all of these, these things. I feel honored. And I mean it like deeply honored to have been 
almost like chosen to go through a lot of hard things because I think kind of God knew that for whatever, whatever he made in me, that I would just keep getting up and I would, whatever I learned, I would teach somebody else. So, and that when you have a vision and you see things, my favorite quote is I lay hold of um, my vision. Obstacles must give way. Hmm. And I live my life like that. So when my, you know, day three, after my husband died, I, I, you know, I had to, I, me and my kids, I had to find, you know, I live in the solution, not the problem. And then you have to do that in entrepreneurship. It's the only way you, it is the key, one of the keys. So basically, you know, I see the problem. Okay. What's the solution? What's the gain? Where are we going to, where are we going to gain here? And as long as you're looking at that, you will. So basically I, you know, I met with my kids and I said, okay, this is the plan. And the power move is the decision because neurologically what happens in our brain, I'm, am I going too far? No, you're going just <laughs> as you should be going. Okay. No. Cause like, I'm just going. Go. Okay. I'm going. So basically you're doing a great power job. Move is, is, it, is the decision, I think, because during the deciding process, there's, there's these neuron clusters that are going on that are basically um, firing. So when you're in one decision, you know, I'm going to make it really simple, that part of your brain is firing. And when that is firing, the other one is not, it's inhibited. So what, when you finally make a decision, that's the winner, that neuron cluster. And so when you fire your brain a certain way, it, it creates things. So then your brain is a goal-driven machine and it will take you there. So, you know, that's why I'm, you know, it's not really inflamed, but it feels like your brain is inflamed when you're trying to make a decision or you need a survival, you know, you got to figure out how am I going to get through this? So I decided it was my power move decision that we're going to gain more than we lost. That's it. No other option. I don't care if it takes me until I'm 90 years old. Every one of us is going to gain more than we lost. Because if you do that, we win. So we're going to take this hardship and we're going to, you know, we're going to walk through it when it's hard. We're going to, we don't, and we don't repress it. You know, it's, I look at it like you're walking on a path where like, um, you know, a, a bomb just blew up. So this fire, the smoke, and you just rubble and you just got, you got to keep walking. You don't stop there and stay there because you just screwed if you do. So you just got to keep going. Like, I'm sure you can imagine like for you in war, that's how I see it. Because my, my husband was a vet by the way, 21 years Navy vet. So if there's any vets out there, you know, I love you. Thank you. But anyhow, so <clears throat> basically, you know, and so I remember my son saying, and when you're, this is what we got to do guys. When we have those moments of happiness, when we're laughing, let's fucking maximize it. And then when we're sad, you ride the wave, ride it. It's going to end you know, that you have those, those really like gut punching, horrible feelings and you keep going. And basically, and so I have a book next to my bed and I write down all of my gains, you know, what is it, you know, the, the great things that I have. So I'm going off on that, but the, the big thing for, for me and what I really want anyone who will listen to me, because I feel such a burden for this, that we are neurologically and biologically, we have an operating system. We have a body that most people are ignoring and not recognizing that we have power over and we're not doing that. And we're not taught that. And I don't know why. And it upsets me that we have a society that we are not teaching parents and children and human beings. I, I'm sure the government knows this, I'm not, I mean, I don't want to be like a conspiracy oh, check, but oh, they yeah, do. I mean, they freaking know this and so they the want elites. us dumb. Exactly. And 10%, 10% of your brain is your, is your capacity. Such bullshit. Yeah. Okay. okay? Total bullshit. <laughs> no. Yes. We have so much fucking power and it is absolutely insane that we're not taught to use it. So that's why, that's why I'm here. I want people to know what it's programming. Yes. Yeah. yes. Cog in the wheel, nine to five. Yes. Middle America. Yes. 
Yes. It's programming. Yes. We're going to change that shit, Chris. At, you know, I, my, I could say so many things. I know uh, you're, I, you're probably dying to talk. I'm sorry. No, I do that. You know, there's this, I learned a long time ago that you have two ears and one mouth, listen more and mm -hmm. speak less. And yeah, there's a lot of things I want to say, but fundamentally, you know, on the topic of programming, and then I'm going to reel you back in. My neighbor is a disabled veteran and he's in a wheelchair. He was in the army. He broke his back like 40 or 50 years ago. He hasn't walked. And I take it upon myself to take care of him, whether it's mm -hmm. check on his trash that needs to be brought out or taken back in. We got some snow last week. After I did my driveway, I went down to see if he needed help and his wife was out shoveling. And, you know, I came down with my snowblower. I got like, you know, a snowblower that like, you know, it's like the BDE snowblower. You know what I mean? It's just no, like, but, like, okay. like big dick energy snowblower. Like oh, it's I've fucking never huge. heard that term BDE big dick energy. Yeah. You know, it's I like, I don't think I could use it myself, but it is a, <laughs> I never heard that. Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Okay. It's, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's just a beast and I roll down there and we clean it up for him and so on and so forth. But, um, anyways, you know, I, I see him every day. I walk my dog, uh, Penelope and, you know, he pulled me aside and he's like going off about Russia and, and Ukraine and I'm listening and I'm listening. And I, and I, I made one comment to him. I said, Ed, do you watch the news? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, bro, that's the problem. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I canceled my cable a decade ago. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go off on that tangent about why or why not you should have uh, the news, but fundamentally it's programming. And what you're talking about is programming. Yeah. And I believe that the elites in the world, along with governments, yeah. uh, definitely know that the brain is far more capable than what we are programmed to believe of 10% max and want us to uh, remain average. 100%. And an average person will trip fall and knock it back up or crawl out of the holes that they've been in because the resilience and persistence really is kind of not programmed uh, yes. to say the least. And what it sounds like is your journey has been extraordinarily um, eventful to put a <laughs> lack of better terms on it but you're almost have become, if not have become like the ray of light for individuals that are ready to see it. In your case, I don't know if you are a ray of light for women and empowering them. However, I would imagine you very much are. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm really super. Uh, that's a big part of who I serve. Yeah. But, um, I don't, do, would you like me to say something? Oh, I think okay. you should, you should speak on everything. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, I, in terms of women, I, I, um, I have a group of women that I do a video, uh, every day it's, um, under five minutes and I've been doing it for, um, over a year, maybe like, I don't know, 18 months or something, 365 days a year, Christmas to 5am, it drops in their group. And it's um, designed to rewire their brain uh, away from people pleasing, um, can't say no body image, uh, time, time management, discipline, um, every single thing you could imagine creating your life. Um, and it's all about you know, the thing where we um, do the shift away from the core beliefs that we have, you know, the limiting beliefs, and we create the thoughts that uh, create our life. And, and the big message, and I think that we're, that is being hidden from us, or, you know, we're kind of being lulled to sleep, is that we are, um, we are the creators and, you know, I, we are constantly, even in this moment, building our life 
And every second that we're alive, the way we're thinking, the way we're feeling, what we're doing, who we're communicating with is building something because our brain is always um, morphing. And, you know, babies, um, you know, we're born with a hundred billion neurons. And by the time we're between, because it's different between two and seven years old, we have one and a half quadrillion uh, synaptic connections, which are the, um, which are the connections made by the meaning we've attached to things or, you know, and babies, you know, are consistently creating meaning because that's what our brain needs to do that. So, and it can be misinterpreted meaning, but then we end up following that system that's been laid down. Um, and it's, anyone who says that television or um, an environment, it is the, the biggest creator of our, of our programming, of our system. So what I am, I'm positive. I know that, you know, my, my mantra is be awake and aware in the now without judgment and in a state of peace, because being awakened and then aware of not allowing that, that thought to slip past you without, you know, in, in this, in the now, in the moment that you're in seeing it. So like, for example, when I start to see, and I was saying that in, in the book, like, oh, you know, why me? Why did this happen to me? This must be me, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm that girl who doesn't get the pretty bedroom or the great guy or whatever it is that I don't get. You know, I have to see it because the yeah. truth always is the path to all freedom. Visualize. Yeah. Yeah. So I see, okay. Oh, that thought that's there. Mm -hmm. And because immediately it's an electrical impulse. And also we, we become addicted to the feelings that we, that we feel the most or the feelings that we have felt the most. So if you're aware of, you know, I always ask people, what, what have you felt the most in your childhood? And we, we go into withdrawal when we don't. So when I see when people start to get better, it's the same thing with anything. I mean, we, we know this, like in terms of entrepreneurship, you know, how come you can get so far and then you slink back? Our body requires homeostasis, a baseline. And when you deviate from what it's accustomed to, it's gonna pull you back. It's gonna, it's gonna tell you, come back. Families also are, have a homeostasis. They have scripts that they share with one another. Businesses have scripts that they share. And if you don't stay within your script, you're going to get pulled back to it. So you have, as long as you're aware, awake and aware in the present moment, then you can shift away from all of those scripts that we have running, right? Yeah. It's actually super simple, it but is. it feels hard. Especially in the beginning. In the beginning. Yes. Especially. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a live example? Sure. It's you, oh, you, you'd like me to give you a live yeah. example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of, no, no. Like, can I, can I ask you of a live example and you could, you could talk us through the situation? Yeah. You, you mean you want to tell me the live example? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I love that shit. So let's I you say, want to make one up. Oh no, this is, I don't want to do that. Yeah, this is, me. this is do a it. live example. I had mm -hmm. this conversation this morning actually. Mm. Okay. Now <clears throat> what you're teaching, what you're explaining mm -hmm. and, and what you're teaching is exactly what I teach just uh, articulated probably a little bit more layman's when it comes to mine my explanation because I don't have the depth of knowledge with the synapses and uh, the way that the mind actually works. So you don't need it. Uh, the, the technicalities. So let's say a, say a female, a girl, a woman um, is continually making the same mistakes uh, when it comes to her job performance. Mm. She's uh, coached uh, extensively on how to deal with the mistakes and the problems, recognizing them, owning them, putting an action plan in place to not make the same mistake. However, the same mistakes continued to happen. Um, what would you recommend, well, before I ask the question, when it comes to making mistakes, uh, I teach basically a very simple process, which you read about is step aside from the mistake, recognize the mistake, take responsibility for the mistake, put action plan in place, never make a mistake again. To me, it seems simple, but to others, it might not. 
with this situation that I'm explaining, what would you recommend? I have I have a couple of questions first Please. before yep. I make any recommendations. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, so it um, is it a mistake based in their uh, well, well, this uh, this is a pattern. It's not just mistakes. So, like you know, can you, I think you said that also in the book. I mean, yeah. we love patterns. Yeah, I love patterns because once you see a pattern, oh, yeah. you know, yep. you know that there's something um, there's a something running it that yes. if you keep trying not to do a thing and it keeps happening, then, then it's important to take a, to know what is actually the fuel behind this driving force. So Correct. The, the important thing is to know, one is, is it behavior um, or is it like, you, can you tell me what it is that they're doing, what the mistake is or no? Yeah. So mm -hmm. in this, in this case, it's someone who's consistently dropping the ball on deadlines and projects for those deadlines regardless of laissez-faire management, micromanagement, um, reminders, uh, it's just a constant dropping of the ball on projects. Okay. So the dropping of the ball, is it, does it seem related to um, that, uh, something that's uh, time management, forgetfulness? Like what, what is it, what does it seem like it is? Definitely time management, organization, and forgetfulness. Okay. And in terms of their, in terms of who they are, like emotionally and like, what about like their, who they are and, and their work ethic? Fantastic work ethic. F overly loyal. Doesn't do anything um, maliciously or, uh, you know, like the mistakes or the pattern in this case is out of, um, I don't know what the proper term is, but it's definitely not being intended to be done. Yeah, yeah. And that's the tricky part, especially when it comes to employment. And what do they what do they say after the mistake? Um, it... They recognize it. Uh, they do own it. What do they feel? Um, probably. I, I, I would speculate on this one, but probably embarrassment. Does it seem that way? Yeah. So there, so there's a few things I have like business advice and then like psychological advice. So I, yeah. when I hear, when we see a pattern, like if I see a pattern where someone is repeatedly experiencing emotionally the same thing, then there's something drawing them back to feeling ashamed, embarrassed, um, whatever the, it is that they're repeatedly disorganized, feeling bad about themselves. I'd love to know what they're telling themselves experiencing this interaction with you that may be very similar to something that they're trying to recreate in order to fix. Yep. So we recreate patterns and relationships from our childhood or things that have hurt us because they're buried alive. So the memory, like, let's say she had, she was always letting down a father. Deep, deep subconscious programming. Oh yeah. So basically the, the key to it is knowing that that's it. So that's one part. The other thing I think, and I don't know if you're asking me this, but I think that um, a lot of leaders, um, employers spend 80% of their time with um, and focusing on employees that are producing 20% or something like that. So I think that it is very, very important to um, I believe in coaching people out of things, but there's a there's a point where, something needs to change. So mm -hmm. to me, I also, we recently have, we've done stuff like this. So what I always tell the person who like runs my business, I say, okay, I just want to, we zoom out. You just zoom out because we get too emotionally involved. So zoom out and look step at a, what are the step facts. aside from it. Yeah. Yes. So now what is this person saying to me? What is the message that they're telling me? And so like what I will look at is I'll say, the message is that, so maybe not with them, but like, let's say the message is someone who's just can't see a certain amount of clients. So the message is you really only want, this is not with your person, but you really only want to work part-time because that's what you're doing. You're working part-time. People do what they want to do, right? So, or they're programmed into it and not seeing it and not shifting away from it. I think with your business, you have a business that is the value system is this. 
it's this, it's being able to, so you want to have people who are able to stop, look, not let the thing slip past them. So you can apply, and I have, oh, I have so much to say. So basically the, how did I know on the behavior, the behavior, it's not going to, we can't fix this with behavior. Like, you know, applying, um, planning tips and, and um, time blocking and all the things we do to strategize, to be more organized and manage our time. That's fine. They're good, but it's kind of like, you know, having, um, you, it's just going to spit out the same result if the inner world is not um, reordered. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, I do think that, and this isn't really not your job, but I mean, I think it's valuable to say it. What have you done so far? Me personally? Yeah, with them. Everything. They're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> including the time blocking and scheduling and top five and so on and so forth. And the first question was, let me see your top five from last week. And there wasn't even was, uh, there wasn't even a top five from last week, which means the applicable skills that are being taught aren't even being utilized. So when it comes to the application of the skills and not being realized or utilized, that's when I know that it's the depth of the, in my opinion, not facing the uh, scary things within us to understand where these sorts of um, turmoil or traumatic events have been rooted from to correct them uh, on the emotional or spiritual level, depending on what is the proper term for it. And what I've learned as an employer of about a decade is you can't force people to do it. No, you just got to no. let them do it on their own. Yes. So the and thing is, in terms of like your business, so like what we'll do is we'll say like, okay, first of all, this is not like, it's not, it's not. So this is really the best thing for them is for them to say like, this is your job. You know, these are the things that I need and you're not able to do that right now. So I always present, um, I don't do it anymore. Other people do it for me, but I always present like, oh, hey, um, so given this is the position and this isn't happening, what is your perspective on it? Like, what do you think is happening yep. here? Because I know that, you know, they're not working at the job that they're being paid for. Yep. Right. So the, but the thing is, is that I don't think it's doing them a favor. It's not. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, you know, so there's different levels to me. It's like, oh, as a friend to the person, it's like, what is it that keeps, what is it to me? What is she, what is she or he addicted to? Sure. They're addicted to feeling like shit, feel, failing, be, I don't know, whatever those things are, feeling in trouble. Um, and they, if they don't know that it's not going to change. Yeah. 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 And on a professional level, basically the approach that I take in these types of situations that are ongoing patterns that require a, basically a soul searching to be done to a great degree is I just basically tell them, and, and trust me, I implemented exactly what you recommended, um, uh, on the professional level, but, um, is, well, listen, I, I understand, uh, you know, and there's nothing I could do more for you. Uh, so you just have to know that the the seat of the bus that you're on is is the seat that it will stay. There won't be advancement until you advance, mm -hmm. um, and that's just what it comes down to. Because as a as an employer, you have to really like hash out: is this performance based or is this lack of your ability to coach someone? And you know, fundamentally, if you get to the point to where you can look yourself in the mirror as the employer and be like. I've done everything to coach this person. It's, it's on them. You either have to decide if you're going to get rid of them or weather the storm. And if they're an investment, which I look at staff to be an investment, not an expense, and they do things out of their sheer- We do make poor investments though. Yes, we do. If they do things out of their sheer, sheer like um, trauma- that uh, they just haven't been able to heal yet because they haven't faced it. And there's still uh, a prominent um, 
person on the team, they'll just have to accept that the seat that they're in will never advance. You know what I wonder though, also, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because it depends on like also what our mission is. So like if the mission is the development of the people, you know, that work for you because you're creating like this cell, you know, cellular growth, which, you know, I do, but, um, there's also the, um, I think that the, when we're describing a person in this situation, one of the things we measure is we'll be like, how much time have we spent talking about this person working on this? Like, you know, even with clients, I'm like, I will roll up my sleeves. I'll work as hard as they will, but I won't work harder. So it's um, when you find yourself that then, then the rest of the team, you know, is not getting the very often the, the um, difficult or the problem uh, employees get most of our time. John Maxwell talks about that, he, that he always did that forever. Yep. If I didn't hear that from him, I would continue to do it. But basically yep. we, we need to spend 80% of our time with, you know, with, with 20% of the people, <laughs> basically the people who are loyal, the people who yep. are, you know, and that's where we invest our time, but I get the other part. Yeah. But really, I don't know. I, I think that there's so much to that right there. I could tear that apart. I know you can. That's why I asked you. Yeah. I don't want to keep going. Cause I know Yeah, they're not going to listen to this. Are they? <laughs> no, no, but it, it, even, okay, if, just even if they, even if they did, mm -hmm. it would, it would be good. It would be good. Yeah. I got it. But you know, fundamentally as entrepreneurs, right? Like we, <laughs> we deal with a lot. And, um, and, and it's a very selfless profession. It's an extraordinarily yes, it selfless profession um, to the point that over the past several years, specifically, as I got into my second decade, right? As I got into my second decade as an entrepreneur, I started checking myself like, Chris, are you being selfish? Oh, that decision would be, what can I do better to be selfless? Go back and do that. That's the selfless decision. And I, I wouldn't, I, I, no one would describe me that knows me as selfish, not in the past 15, no. 20 years, 15 years before that, definitely as a child, right? But the point that I'm getting at is entrepreneurship is incredibly selfless and entrepreneurship is incredibly fulfilling as well. And watching people turn the corner from putting that time into them, whether it's a client or staff, mm -hmm. and achieving what they have come to you with is, is incredible, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and is also the reason why I do things. It's just fulfillment. But maybe you can shed some light on your journey of three decades and maybe some pain points or things you do differently. Oh, yeah. Um, I think so much of it has to do also with, you know, hiring and who works for you. So I, I, I began, um, I began uh, as a well, I, I worked a couple of places, but I knew I was going to have a private practice. And basically what I did was and I believe that anybody who's listening who is, you know, wants to do a startup or whatever, it's all it's all mindset. Mm -hmm. everything is mindset. So, um, my first, I opened an office before I had a client and basically what I did was, uh, I went Threw to a back against the wall. Yeah, that was it. Now I went to, I was having one and I decided it was a power move. I decided I lay hold of my vision and obstacles have no, they have to bow down to me. So, so basically, you know, I got a, so I went to a realtor and I said, I, I need a, um, a freestanding office space with two, with two offices, a waiting room and a bathroom. And I only want to pay $400 a month. <laughs> the guy's like, you are crazy. I'm like, I know. Could you just look for me? He's like, I'll never find that. I said, you, you will, you'll find it. So he called me like three days later. He's like, I cannot believe that I found this. And he found it. It's such an unbelievable story. So it was exactly what I wanted. Exactly. And the funny thing about it is that my, the building that I'm sitting in right now that I own is that little building that I had 
is was right behind, I don't even know where I am, right behind this building. And it was at a train station and it's t- torn down. But that was where I started. And I just believed and and I never, it was all word of mouth. And it just kept building. And I think the pain points for me were uh, making mistakes in who I hired, hiring friends. Um, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that <Been> was <laughs> like a very bad mistake. Huge, huge mistake. And, um, you yeah, know, you and lose your being friendships. hurt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being like experiencing, like, it's funny, you wouldn't think, but at work, you know, experiencing kind of like, like a little betrayal, like people like taking clients or, you know, things like that that you don't expect to happen. But what we have learned, and I think it's really cool. We have learned just as a team, um, the greatest thing. So we've learned that whenever a problem shows up, it's a gift. So it's the same thing that I learned in my life. You know, you just, you know, what your value system, what you learn in your life, how you personally develop translates into your business. So I think that it's very important, like that woman or whoever you're describing, their personal development is not happening. That is why their other development is not happening. It's just simple, right? It is very simple. So we try to hire people that we know have, are personally developing and have issues that they've overcome and they, and you know, and we, you, I'm sure you do this too. We have core values. And one of them is, is we live in the solution, not the problem. Mm, so everybody solutions. who works for me. Yeah. Yes. If I tell them, if you bring me a problem, bring three solutions with it, or don't bring it. Even if we don't use the solution, come to me with what you think would work. So like, So even that person that you're describing, they're having this problem. So instead of giving them the solution, I would say, what do you, what would the solution be? What do you think is the thing that's, something's creating this? Yeah. Yeah. So basically that, you know, we do that. And um, the, the important thing I think, you know, is really we hire and fire around our core values. So either they, either they, right. Oh yeah. So it's like, it's almost like, it's taken on a life of its own. The organism is alive. And it's it like, you know, um, um, Andy Frisella says, like, it just spits the person right out. They just don't fit if they, if it, because everybody's operating with this value system. Correct. And, you know, and I, I think one of the, the most important things for me is that I have a hell of a lot of fun at work. I oh, laugh. Yeah. I'm, they call me Michael Scott at work. okay office the really oh am I kidding so like I just think I think that you want to bring vibrance and life and 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 uh connectivity and and everybody here works their ass off Mm -hmm. I give awards for things you know once a month for going the extra mile am I answering your question or maybe I didn't absolutely oh 100 percent basically what happened was it just kept growing my private practice word of mouth. And then I decided I'm just going to hire people. So I did. And then now we have like art therapists, psychiatric nurse practitioners. Um, And then I thought um, I liked McDonald's plan where they, they're not just a franchise. They're a real estate holding company. So what I do is I purchase the property that and then logger counseling services rents from the property that I purchased. So basically, we have, you know, um, and then just we have it systematized so that we can just duplicate it. Yep. So I mean, that's like the obvious, which I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but basically, it's, you know, that and there's been really I can tell you when my husband died, that's one of the things I can tell you about an unbelievable team. When he died, I have never in my life ever seen anything like it. This team of people, what they did, they ran this business without me for five months. Wow. Like, 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 like warriors, like unbelievable. And the people that I tell everybody who I hire that whatever you want to be here, be it. Don't ask for it. Don't wait for it do the job before you paid for it and you'll get it. Humiliate me. 
And basically the woman who runs my business started as a receptionist here. I remember she you told me that. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And your, your you. tribe took care of you. And I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just saying your, no, tribe, no, your, do tribe, it. your tribe took care of you, huh? Like you have no idea. Like, like they immediately called a meeting. They all were like, okay, who's going to take out the garbage? Who's going to make sure this? Cause my husband also did all the construction on the buildings and he ran the place and they were all close to him. So it was like this bomb went off everywhere. Plus I'm a therapist. We save people's lives. I mean, I don't, we don't save their lives. We help them to not sure. commit suicide. So now it, it's humiliating. I didn't feel humiliated, but it's just like, what the fuck? Like it just, every part of my life blew up. So it was like, and they just had my back, my clients, the way they just, the love was just incredible. And just to me, I wouldn't have known that. And it forced me to know that I don't have to work in my business, that I can leave that. And, and it strengthened all of their muscles, like never underestimate the power of your absence ever when you're not there, the resilience. So like, you know, and also there's so much, I'm saying so much, but basically it's just like, I keep thinking about that person over there at your place. And I'm thinking like, they, they have an opportunity right now to grow into something that your absence will allow them to grow into. Mm -hmm. But your sometimes our love and our compassion, our selflessness is not, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily selfless. And I don't mean you are selfless. I'm not talking about you, but it's like, I can give so much that it's really, I want it from me. I want them to get better from me. You know what I mean? And you know, I have done it with my kids. Like I can't stand their pain. So I'm doing everything to try to help them not have their pain through teaching them, but never tell somebody something that they need to tell themselves ever. And I've learned that with my children. The way that I always bring it out of them is what do you think the answer is? Yes. hundred percent. I say that more than I give yes. answers. I give answers less than 10% of the time. 90% mm -hmm. of the time I, I force the individual to think I get yes. the gears to spin. And if the gears don't spin to the point to the answer, then you know exactly what I teach to bring that out. Yes. Um, we need to do a part two. Okay. <laughs> Definitely need to do a I part talk two. so damn much. No, yeah. Well, I mean, yes and no, but <laughs> this is great. This is fantastic energy. Your, your journey is powerful to say the least. Um, mm. There's so much I want to touch on. Maybe mm -hmm. if you would be open to it, you could come back on maybe I next, would love to. next quarter or this quarter. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you tell us more about your journey in the book that you've done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which isn't out yet, correct? No, it's not out, but it will be soon. It's almost done. I mean, it's done, but not done. I need a forward. I should have uh, you write my forward. I, I mean, listen, uh, I, I if, if you seriously want it, I'd be grateful to oh yes but you do need a forward you definitely do. yes and i asked um yeah i'm like stuck on that but anyhow so yeah well and um i don't want to keep talking because i know you have to end your show well why don't you do this all right so you've agreed to a second interview thank you um and we'll focus on the on the uh, the journey a bit and uh the book uh that disappeared and then you rewrote yes and are done with. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, that was one of our first conversations, I believe. I said, it what was. the fuck are you doing? I said, what did I say? I write that shit. Well, basically, I didn't know you and you were, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, and I told you like my Wawa story. Yeah, you know, I wrote it and then I lost it and then my husband died. And I'm like, yeah, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't write it. And you write, write the fucking book. Is what you wrote. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm me. Like, Yes, sir. I'm doing it right now. So that was great. That warrior shit you did. We need, I was like, we, there's always got to be that person in our life. Yes. Right? You know, for, for even for me, uh, but all of us, but the, the point is I, I really want to talk more about it and, and, and we will, cause maybe at that point it will either be on its way out or, uh, out. So before we end, I'm going to ask you to give everyone a piece of advice 
maybe the piece of advice that was most pivotal, pivotal, if I could speak here, pivotal <laughs> in your career or your life or uh, something that would help someone along, maybe they're going through a tough time and need a little bit of light. Um, if you can put that into one explanation, you think you might be able to offer us some advice? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things, but yeah, I think one of the things that I, um, that I live my life on is that there's always a solution. And even if you don't see it, you just haven't found it yet. And, um, that our, if our, if you look at the life and the results of your life, whatever it is, financially, spiritually, emotionally, whatever, relationally, look at your bank account, whatever it is, that tells you the story of what you believe. So if you see things that you don't like or things that you want differently, that you have, no matter what, I don't care who you are, doesn't matter who you are, you have the power to change it. And that it's really important to live from an internal locus of control as opposed to an external locus of control, reading the outside to determine what you are on the inside. So you wanna dictate from the inside and create your life. So that, is that clear enough or? The answers are within and you're in control of your thoughts in life. Yeah, definitely. Your entire destiny, you yeah. right now in this moment, creating your life and no matter how, how painful it is in this moment, no matter what you have the power within you to change it. And even if you're just feel it, even the despair, remember it's chemical right now, like depression, you know, tragedy, grief, it's chemical right now. And you just, all you have to do is hold on. And, and if you just even say the words, like in your book, Chris, you talk about the affirmations, the shifting of even a sentence that shifts you away from an, um, a previous rewritten sentence um, in your brain, if you shift away from it, it's firing in another way that's building up a different life for you. And if you just keep doing it, it accumulates and there's always hope. Always. Mm -hmm. always hope yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's all it's all how we decide to perceive it and look at it meditate um, also yes. meditate seriously please i wish more people would um okay it's keeping us from meditating yeah oh i they mean are, I because a, they make it like it's woo woo i had a great meditation today me too i i uh how long did you meditate for um it was like 20 minutes which i could meditate Ugh. for like a long time. Yeah. About 15 for me today. Yeah. 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 It was good. Oh yeah. I connected right to higher self. I, I was yes. like, it was crazy. Um, okay. I think that was right. an excellent first episode. Uh, guys, if you want to get to hold of Allison, I think it would be important that she tells us how Allison, how would we get a hold of you? If we want, I don't to? even know how the hell to get a hold of myself. <laughs> Do you have a Honestly, Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, I do. I have, I have, um, face, Facebook is, um, Allison with one L logger LCSW CASAC. And then there's Allison answers is my podcast mission awake and, um, logger counseling services. If you just if you just Google that logger, like the beer, you just Google that you can find me. And um, yeah, and I have uh, Logger Counseling Services, Instagram, and that's it. I need one-stop shop. You have that, but I kind of have it. I, I like to stream basically everything from my website, right? If, I if, know, but, I w but mine's my business. I would need another one for Allison Answers. You need a personal I brand. I do, Chris. You can tell me how to do that. Allison answers. I'm happy to help. I mean, but yeah. I think you're doing great things. And thank <laughs> you for uh, gracing us with your presence and giving us your time. And I look forward to our next conversation. I just want to tell you, thank you so much for having me because um, it really is an honor to be here. Um, everything that you stand for is really everything that I believe in. And I think, and I felt so much like I was preaching to the choir and like trying to act tough when you're tougher than me. But anyhow, I think you're great. And I, I appreciate you. Thank you. 
Of course, guys, thank you for tuning in, and you will catch us next time. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Well, I'm going. Go on, man. Can I kick it? To my tribe that flows in layers. Right now, Fife is a point sayer. At times, I'm a studio conveyor.